Okay, it's 2020. By the way, think through that in a Barbara Walters voice. 2020. And this is episode 20 of the of the pulpit, so it's pretty cool. 2020. Uh, I'm Ron Sandek. He's Bob Marks. We're the pulpit. It's a new year, but I still have some bad vibes and feelings from 2019 that have kind of come over to 2020. So the, today's going to be a little bit of a rant and a little bit of a slipshod you know, firing from the hip, see what sticks type episode, just because I'm in a little surly mood. You know what surly means, Bob? It's a good beer. I know that. <laughs> no, this is <laughs> surly, ownery, um, unhappy, a little pissed off. And some salty. of this so, salty. salty, I'm salty times three. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I'm salty. Here's one. I'm, I'm sick and tired of reading in the local media and seeing on local media TV stories about pot and weed. Okay, it's legal. Great. But every day there's two, three, four flipping stories as if there's nothing else to report. And then it hit me, Bob. You know why there's, this is such an interesting story for local media, whether it's print or TV or radio? Because these morons know pot. Math, they don't know. Pot, they know. Pot is interesting. Getting stoned high, smoking, ingesting, sniffing. I don't care. They get that. That's interesting to them. So let's do story after story after story ad infinitum on we have a supply problem. There were long lines outside this dispensary or, you know, here's a new dispensary coming to whatever town. Jesus Christ, let it go, okay? Or, or, take, or eat some more edibles. But good God, this, while the state's financial situation is burning. No goddamn stories about the balance sheet, the finances, the overwhelming debt, the crazy taxes, the diminishing property values, yet property taxes increasing. Nothing on that. Just weed. Weed one, two, three stories ad infinitum. It's pissing me off. Can tell. <sighs> okay. I feel better. You know what else happened today that pissed me off? Stuck in traffic? No. Traffic wasn't horrible today, but I read a late-breaking story by... Ray McKinney and Tony Arnold, WBEZ, who have been very dogged, and thank God, on the continuing and widening political corruption scandal. So I, I, I'm going to have to read part of this so that you can figure out what this really is, because it is patently ludicrous. So what was uncovered via a FOIA, Freedom of Information, um, demand from these journalists is that an email was sent by Mike McLean, who is under besiege. He is the former muscular, you know, uh, lobbyist for ComEd and a bevy of other companies. But most importantly, he was muscular and powerful because he was friends with Mike Madigan, supposedly the best friend of Mike Madigan, and his trusty sidekick. Anyway. Um, back in 2012, he writes an email to two of Pat Quinn's, then Governor Quinn's, 
higher ups. One was his chief of staff. Um, and the other one was, I, I think a deputy governor, um, Gary Hannig and Jerry Sturmer, two dudes. One was legislative li liaison affairs and the other was chief of staff. Jerry Sturmer was one of Quinn's chief of staffs. He was an insufferable runt, arrogant, mean-spirited, and dumb. Um, and I had to deal with him a half dozen times, and they were all just hard to deal with situations. Listening to him point his finger, wag his finger, and just be and puff his chest, he was just annoying. Hannig, who I never ran into but I heard of, I understood was a decent guy, but now I'm not so sure. Anyway, back in July 31st, 2012, amid chaos that was happening in Springfield, McLean writes an email to these two jerks saying they're supposed to cover some guy by the name of, I don't even know the guy's name. Oh, I'll find it. Hang on. This is just such stunning shit. Anyway, this guy, bear with me, people, Forrest Ashby. What, what kind of name is that, Sounds by like the way? A golfer. Sounds like, yeah. Anyway, this goober um, apparently had some cachet because he gets Mike McLean to write um, a, hey, get these people off my ass email. And the email, because Ashby apparently had some disciplinary problems and that whatever. So anyway, this, 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 McLean goes on to say, I'm reading verbatim, but Gary, for God's sake, do not let this disciplinary meeting get out of hand. This man, this Forrest Ashby, is a good compliance person, as I told you. The AG's office, that's Lisa Madigan's office, and the sheriff's, I don't know who this is, love working with him. He has, ready, kept his mouth shut on Jones's ghost workers. Jones's ghost workers. But here's the part that's crazy. The rape in Champaign, Champaign County or Champaign City, and other items. He is loyal to the administration. Thanks. Best, Mike McLean. This fucking guy puts in writing that this Ashby guy is a loyal thug because he keeps his mouth shut about ghost payrolling, a rape, and other items. Oh, my God. Could you imagine, Bob, if a Republican in Illinois even, like, was by a piece of paper that had those words written on them? He wouldn't be indicted. He would be tarred and feathered. He'd be drawn and quartered. He'd be crucified, stoned. What other medieval type of punishment could occur? It's just stunning. This corruption situation is, I mean, everyone should be indicted. <laughs> the entire General <laughs> Assembly. And I was there in 2012. I'll take an indictment and take my chances in front of a jury as a, you know, know-nothing Republican that got steamrolled 24-7 on every issue in Springfield. And now I know why we got steamrolled, because there was no chance we could ever do anything other than get steamrolled or be patsies. So that's why I'm also pissed off. Yeah, this kind of shit is going on in Illinois government. This is outrageous, even by outrageous Illinois standards, which are the standard lists. We don't have standards about political you know, process. We just make them up and whatever. So that's what I got going on today. So that's why I'm all PO'd. On the good side, 
I'm still happy that the White Sox are making deals. They brought back Steve Stone. They signed a bunch of free agents and top-notch talent. They made a couple trades. They've taken care of the homegrown talent, Luis Robert, and signed him. So he'll be in center field come opening day. And they just picked up Scott Cichek from the Cubs, the only guy in the Cubs relieving bullpen that could actually perform well. So I'm good with that. So how, how many uh, we're in a sidebar? How many new acquisitions have they had since the close of the two, not 2019 baseball season? Let's count them. Um, Grandall from the Brewers, free agent catcher, solid. Keiko, pitcher, solid. Gio Gonzalez, solid. Um, uh, Nomar Mazzara, that was they got on the trade from the Rangers. So they got a right fielder. They got two pitch, two starting pitching, Cichek, relief pitcher, Grandall, catcher. They signed Louis Robber. Five. And they're probably not done yet. I don't think they're fully done, but they're damn close to done. And they, I mean, they, you know, with they have a batting champion in um, Tim Anderson. They had the guy that came in second and had, you know, a, a tremendous season. And Yuan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez. I mean, they they're young and they got everyone locked in as far as their contracts. They are really in a great trajectory, in a great position. Um, they're young, they're talented. They got Michael Kopech coming back, Dylan Cease. How about that trade with the Cubs, by the way? Quintana for Jimenez and Cease. How's that look now? Yeah, socks are set. <laughs> um, you know, the, the early uh Prediction was 85 wins. That would be a remarkable turnaround from last year. They may be even closer to 88. They're 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 in a. It's only the Twins in that division, the American League yeah. Central. The Indians have gotten rid of Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer. They're trying to trade Francisco Lindor, so they're going to where the Sox were three years ago, which is get rid of everything and bring ourselves. up young talent. Yeah. So it's the Twins and the Sox, and I and I like their chances of being a. In wild card contention. Don't know if they'll get there, but it'll be an, an entertaining season. Contrast that with the Cubs, who haven't done a thing all offseason, except they have a new manager, which is cool. David Ross, we talked about where that brings them and where they go. Uh, but they haven't done a thing. Nope, no money. Can't do much without money. As I said at the end of the last episode, 19. No money. No money. The Ricketts have well, no you, money. When, when you buy half of Lincoln Park. I guess in the surrounding area of, and you try to turn that into a, a Disney World, uh, you know, it, 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 you do that after they uh, kind of on the downslope of the of the victory. Anyways. So what's interesting too is their marquee station, which they're rolling out this year, Ooh, does not have a yeah, deal not, with Comcast. Not, not yet. good. No, no. Really interesting not time. Um, the Cubs were supposed to be in the middle of their window, given the talent they had amassed, and they they, they seem stalled, and it's it's just a really interesting place. Because two years ago, I was messing with my one brother who, I think he was dropped as a child because he's a Cub fan. Um, but we were, oh. and my White Sox, my other brother, White Sox fan, we were hypothesizing how cool it would be if the Sox could catch up to the Cubs. Could you imagine the city of Chicago, state of Illinois, if the Sox and Cubs had a Subway oh. series? The Talk city would never burn, Talk but it would be. Decades. But literally, it would burn. But three years ago, it, to me, 
you Southsiders would come up and just literally torch the North Side. But it would be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, to well, see, that, but again, that—that's what Southsiders see. As no, I mean, I mean, no, but I mean, not literally burning the North Side. <laughs> although that would be interesting. Yeah. No, I mean the series, a, a World Series, a Windy City series, a Subway series, fantastic. And it looked at one time like there was God, a chance. Can, yeah, can the Sox maybe get there? Because the Cubs had what appeared to be a five-year window of talent amassed. To be yeah. that competitive, not necessarily get to the yeah, World yeah, Series yeah, no, know, after they won one, but maybe be competitive. And I don't know, man. Um, weird times. All right, so let's switch gears. So in episode 19, end of year 2019, you and I talked a little bit about some predictions. And I want to revisit a couple of them sooner than later because in a, <laughs> we're one week into the new year. I just want to kind of emphasize this what what appears to be this massive federal dragnet and where it goes, because I'm going to modify one of my predictions, Bob. The session, the Springfield session comes up in two weeks. They, the, the, you know, and John Cullerton's announced his retirement and there's lots of machinations on why he retired. Um, you know, some suggest he may have been a target and by getting out of the race, getting out of the legislative game um, and retiring and getting out of politics, he may you know, resign from that nonsense. Maybe that means whatever was being probed goes away. And who knows, right? We will we'll not settle that. But what is interesting to me is this story that breaks on WBEZ, none of this stuff is happening in a vacuum. These stories that come out, and it was there was a reprieve between Christmas and New Year's, but there were two a week that were dropping, either in the Sun, I'm sorry, either in the Tribune, and there's like three writers that have been getting these stories, or in WBEZ, which happened today at four o'clock, just an hour and a half ago. Um, I think something breaks sooner than later. Was there a question to you when? <clears throat> yeah, obviously. Is it coming trickles or is it going to be a is it going to be a wow? Yes, is my answer. I think there will be drip, 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 and I think there will be smaller steps that occur. But I do think there will be a wow moment, and I think it happens before the end of this month. Hmm. How's that for my prediction? Um, by the way, I have no basis for that prediction. There's no, there's no, you know, hey, someone whispered in my ear, or I'm doing some tea leave reading. It's just my visceral gut that. What we know, these lanes, this ComEd thing, and this Mike McLean thing, which is just gigantic. And he's the guy that was shoulder to shoulder with Madigan. He was his confidant. He was his lobbyist go-to guy. He was the guy that the lobbyists went to for direction to get to Madigan, to get something on the floor of the House of Representatives, and to maybe pass to get to the governor and to see this level of just crude corruption on paper, who puts that in a memo? You know, Hey, we got to take care of this guy. And I just put it, you know, this is the governor's two guys. Hey, we can't let this rug rat Ashby burn in a disciplinary meeting because he's a good soldier. Kept his mouth shut on the Jones ghost workers. Holy shit. Right. But then, 
and the rape in Champagne? Oh my God, what level of corruption, graft, and just sheer disregard for anything close to decency was going on? Man, so that kind of stuff is just ludicrous. And it, where do you see the papers tomorrow? And we'll see if the yeah, we'll goddamn see. reporters I mean, I mean, can get off their hot marijuana, you know, fascination and, you know, and maybe look at the corruption that's right underneath their nose. And I know that's really difficult, not nearly as sexy as the long lines at the dispensary yeah. and, you know, Logan Park and why the supplies have run out in Bridgeport and elsewhere, right? But if they could, I don't know, maybe see their way to focus, we could run this thing down. But I really believe something's popping sooner than later. I really do. And when it does, the question is, will it have a profound effect on what goes on in right. Springfield? Right. Will it finally change behavior? That was our question last 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 month. Yeah. Is does it change, or is just a is there a backfill waiting to to step in? So. That's that's the prediction. So one of the other predictions we talked about was the fair tax, according to the numb nuts, right? Um, the big tax guys or the it's really the progressive tax, but they're going to rename it. Right. So today, um, Governor Pritzker, uh, you know, who is in wild, you know, uh, support of the progressive income tax, um, so there's this Pritzker-funded group that announces today a steering committee. This is a steering committee for the Vote Yes for Fairness Coalition. Oh, so they're changing. <clears throat> well, it's the, it's the fair tax. So here are the members. You ready for the steering committee? Lawrence Benito, Chief Executive Officer of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. So he's on the committee. John Bauman, Chairman of Vote Yes for Fair Tax and President of the Shriver Center on Poverty Law. Dr. Byron Brazier, pastor of the Apostle Church of God. Tim Dre, president of the AFL-CIO of Illinois. Michael Aidey, pastor of the People's Church of the Harvest. Jesse Fuentes, co-chair of the Puerto Rican Agenda of Chicago. Kathy Griffin, not the Kathy Griffin we know, president of the Illinois Education Association, right? Um, Jordan Powell, president and CEO of the Illinois Primary Healthcare Association. Rob Ryder, chairman of the Chicago Federation of Labor. Steve Stevie Vallis, executive director of Chicago Votes. And A.J. Wilhelmy, my old friend, um, president and CEO of the Illinois Health and Hospital Association. So, by the way, A.J. used to be a state Democratic senator from Joliet. And he was one of, just a good guy, but you know, a lefty. So all these folks are basically beneficiaries of the fair tax or the progressive tax. They're recipients or their constituents are recipients thereof. So we now know that Pritzker will send them $5 million or $6 million and say, go. The organization to change Illinois' income tax to a progressive income tax, which I think is it just code for another tax increase, is coming. I said it would pass. I believe it will pass because of moneyed interests, vested interests, and crazy class warfare that will come. And they'll line it up with, what do you see? It's anti-Trump too. More to come on the predictions, but that's what I see 
as coming down the pipe a little further. Or the pike. I said pipe. It's <clears throat> coming down the pike, right? Pike. Okay. Right. Because the pipe is going to smash us upside the head <laughs> in the form of a tax increase. All right. So that's what I got, Roberto. You got anything for me? I do have a question for you. So when does this when does this campaign um, start and who is on the opposing side? What is the <laughs> voice on the opposing side of Pritzker and his steering committee? What 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 who is going to defend us? Correct. Who, right. who, who, so, and not, not even defend. Who is going to to counter organize. that and what and what yes, and what is the so, what does that look like? The money back behind that. Who are the individuals? What does that look like? And when does this all start? Does it start it, slowly? February 1st? It's got to be starting here soon. <clears throat> it's going to be a shitty defense, shitty opposition from the Illinois manufacturers, from the Illinois retailers, from the Illinois State Chamber of Commerce, and the same nice but absolutely feckless organizations, the get-along go-alongs, who say, we're going to fight this. And then say, well, we should work with them because they're going to pass it. it. These And they're nice people. I know most of them. They get the shit kicked out of them, but they do it with a smile. They're also regulars, right? You know, John Cass would call them unwitting combine members. I would say that's harsh. They're just people trying to do their jobs. They get rolled all the time and forget, you know, that today's Tuesday. And, you know, it's just another day of getting your ass kicked in the General Assembly and how government works. But it's business mostly. Um, and because business is slowly leaking, Illinois, you know, they're going to look to Ken Griffin to try and fund it. You know, Citadel. Yeah. Um, they're going to look to the faint, you know, regular, you know, used to be Ron Gidwitz, Ken Griffin, um, you know, a host of regular guys that kind of sort of get along, go along but usually get their butts kicked, but they can go to live in Florida and they can go live, go, you know, go somewhere else. So do I think it'll be as well organized as Pritzker's group? No. Do I think they will be as well funded as Pritzker's group? Absolutely not. Which is why I think they'll lose. So, and they'll make it all class warfare. So don't worry. We're not raising your taxes. Yeah. Just that rich guy. You don't know. Right. Um, So does that then potentially fire off another, Round of business looking to exit sure. Chicago. Now there was that, that that period of time where businesses were packing up, and Indiana has the billboards right over the line saying, "Come over to a you know better way yeah. of life, corporate Illinois." Does that yeah fire it back up again? Sure. I mean, it, it, if we're going to take from the rich, I mean, look, there's there's cranes. We talked about this cranes in Chicago. You know, showing that it looks like there's some there's some construction, but we've seen slow leakage of corporate headquarters from the suburbs to the city, the city's back now to the suburbs. We're playing this, you know, stealing from one another game, but is there any actual gain to the state of Illinois? Yeah. Amazon may be building some distribution centers and we may see some, you know, call centers move in and we may see some, you know, malls turn into tech hardwire centers, but do I see actual growth occurring? If this occur, if the income tax increase goes, of course not. Yeah. Of course not. We just, it's just, we're, we're not competitive. And we're continuing down the same road of being even less competitive. Yeah. So I don't know how this turns good. I mean, Bob, at the bottom line is no society has ever taxed themselves into prosperity. Can't tax yourself to greatness. No. And we're not going to do it here, despite Pritzker's attempts at taking more from a diminishing crowd. And that's actually the bottom line. Populations decreasing, yet the people staying are going to be asked to pay a larger share 
of the continued expanse and continued growth of Illinois government, Chicago government, Cook County government, hell, even DuPage, right? Because we have these fixed costs that are just elbowing out. Yeah, that's going to ever increase. Um, So this episode was a little bit light. We had some special guests coming down the pipe um, in the probably in the hopefully in Q1. Um, We're working on some others. Yeah. Um, But I have a question. Last question for you. Yeah. How are we doing on time, by the way? We have 25 minutes, so we got to shut it down. So the Golden Globes, Ricky Gervais. Loved it. Magical or what? Was that? So him and his his Twitter account afterwards is he gained 400 followers from Sunday to Monday. Ah, He stood in front of a crowd of Hollywood elites holding a glass of beer saying, I don't care. Saying, I'm making fun of you. It's a joke. I'm going to laugh at your expense. You should laugh at your expense. But if you win, don't come up here. And pretend like you know the real world. <clears throat> Don't use it as a political platform because you're not a real person. You're an elite Hollywood who lives in a world that's protected and absolutely distinct from what you and I and others like us live. And it was, I think, a beautiful message that needed to be stated. And I think he pulled it off flawlessly. And I know it offended them, which is how you know it worked. God bless him. It offended some, I think, and I'll close out here, but the the best was towards the end when I think it was uh, Roseanne Arquette um, gave her little pontification. Her sister, Patricia. uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. And he came back and he goes, please, kill me. Just kill me. It's almost over, folks. Um, Anyways. Dude's great. I was fantastic. It was funny as hell. All right. That's all I got. Me too. So we're going to be on a more regular basis, by the way. Yeah. So we, 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 we got a little sideways near the end of 2019. But the goal of 2020 is to produce content a little more regularly, um, a little more varied. Yes, having some folks come in, sit in, talk a little bit, and um, appreciate any comments, any criticisms. We do um, listen when people opine, so we appreciate it. You remember, the pulpit's all about, you know, peaking interest, testing tempers, and apologizing. And we're going to try and apologize less, peak more interest test more tempers, and continue to provide some amusement and some opportunity for discussion and debate. So thanks for listening. See you next time. Next week.